Oh, shoot. All right. Um, yeah, welcome to another edition of another different podcast that Paul and I have put out. This one is going to be the very first special edition episode of The Fieldhouse, our basketball-centric um, podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Fieldhouse, uh, the name of The Fieldhouse is something that goes back, corrections back to like the old days of basketball where they were pay- played in fieldhouses. So we thought it'd be a cool idea to start it that way. We want to talk about basketball in all aspects of the game. Like we can talk about players, the way that teams have been brought up, and like ways in which the game has evolved over time. And our hope is that you guys will enjoy it and listen to it over time. Yeah, uh, we are going to talk a lot about specific teams, specific players. We're going to talk a lot about where the game is, where it's been, and kind of like how that's all happened. I don't know if we have any particular insight that uh, I'm, I'm meandering off. We're going to edit this part out because yeah. it's not very confident. But um, <laughs> I do hope that you enjoy the podcast. I do hope that you maybe find something in it um, that you won't get somewhere else and that we entertain you because that's all we're really trying to do, man. And, yeah. 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 We're just here to entertain and give, give you something that you haven't maybe give a different perspective of what maybe we see as the same thing all the time. You know, like we a lot of a lot of times... Uh, these a lot of times we talk about the same things but they 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 need new perspective and new new eyes on the way that the game is seen and that's what we're going to try to do here well i think you and i kind of have a different um we're going to have a different approach to this than Mm -hmm. a lot of other podcasts because i know i'm very much uh kind of like history so i kind of look at things and i relate them to hey uh how did this happen why did it happen and how does it relate to this like um it's going to be a different approach where i know i and i'm going to and i know paul here loves to do this where we're going to approach a topic that you know people are talking about in an entirely different way than a lot of people will uh, so yeah, it's about we're gonna you know get into some philosophical debates like you know uh, they kind of get into like some emotional things that that the, that basketball brings and like why why we are so connected to it you know those things are really important and the reason why we want to watch people hoop all the time right um, why sports are important why That's yes exactly. very important to Paul and I yeah. as a mission statement why do athletics sports matter mm-hmm. um, and we both have our own theories about that and we they will be very prevalent in most episodes <laughs> so uh i hope you enjoy and thank you for your time i never was able to really watch bill Ru- we never watched bill russell play because i mean it was past i mean we're like 15 years younger than the last time he really played <laughs> um but um i mean watching highlights but the one thing i do remember of him when um he would ever be on tv or like in person or any of those things was he just was this giant heart. Like, he had this, uh, like, infectious laugh, and he always offered space for people to help um, them understand, like, the the fight and the ability to be um, your fullest self. Like, he was... All, I felt he was always great at listening to other people and always took time to listen to exactly what, what someone was saying in order to have a very important conversation with them because he knew the value of that he knew the value of taking the time out 
and and giving someone the space that they needed. I mean, he did that a lot when a lot of things kind of like were ha- a lot of things happened when he was coaching. Like um, yeah. the Martin Luther King assassination happened while he was coaching. Um, Robert F. Kennedy as well. Like the, I mean, not Robert F. Kennedy, um, JFK as well. That also was happening during this time. Like all these things were kind of happening. And yeah, it was Robert F. Kennedy as well. Um, they they were all very intense moments and he was the person who took the lead and 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 took the time out to offer you know solace for those people and he did so much work for like you know like fighting the vietnam war and and taking and and fighting for civil rights like in racism through not only in boston but throughout the united states and um he continued to do that for a very long time after his career was over um which you know a lot of players you know like i don't know how many players would continue to do that fight on a regular basis some people would i think there are definitely players who would do that but i mean he just was constantly searching for um the help of others and serving others not only just being a basketball player but being as a human being as well and that has to be that to me is more of his legacy than winning i mean winning 11 titles and and winning eight in a row is such a great achievement but i think him being uh, a person who served others uh in a way like giving people a space they needed is really important and deserves to be commended um, he uh all of that sounds and i would refer to sports quite often as modern myth making he is the ideal the pinnacle of leadership he is an aspirational figure and will truly be missed um i mean you you could hear it in paul's voice so (laughs) um you know uh rest in peace bill russell yeah yeah they lost a man the one thing I always like, I never was able to really watch Bill Russell. We never watched Bill Russell play because I mean he was past. I mean we're like fifteen years younger than the last time he really played. <laughs> um, but um, I mean watching highlights. But the one thing I do remember of him when um, he would ever be on TV or like in person or any of those things was he just was this giant heart. Like he had this uh, like infectious laugh, and he always offered space for people to help um them understand like the the fight and the ability to be um your fullest self like he was i felt he was always great at listening to other people and always took time to listen to exactly what, what someone was saying in order to have a very important conversation with them because he knew the value of that he knew the value of taking the time out and and giving someone the space that they needed. I mean, he did that a lot when a lot of things kind of like were ha- a lot of things happened when he was coaching. Like um, yeah. the Martin Luther King assassination happened while he was coaching. Um, Robert F. Kennedy as well. Like the, I mean, not Robert F. Kennedy. Um, JFK as well. That also was happening during this time. Like all these things were kind of happening. And yeah, it was Robert F. Kennedy as well. Um, they they were all very intense moments and he was the person who took the lead and 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 took the time out to offer you know solace for those people and he did so much work for like you know like fighting the vietnam war and and taking and and fighting for civil rights like in racism through not only in boston but throughout the united states and um he continued to do that for a very long time after his career was over 
Um, which, you know, a lot of players, you know, like, I don't know how many players would continue to do that fight on a regular basis. Some people would. I think there are definitely players who would do that. But, it, I mean, he just was constantly searching for um, the help of others and serving others, not only just being a basketball player, but being as a human being as well. And that has to be, that to me is more of his legacy than winning. I mean, winning 11 titles and, and winning eight in a row is such a great achievement, but I think him being uh, a person who served others uh, in a way, like giving people a space they needed is really important and deserves to be commended. Um, he, uh, all of that sounds, and I would refer to sports quite often as modern myth-making. He is the ideal, the pinnacle of leadership. He is an aspirational figure and will truly be missed. Um, I mean, you, you could hear it in Paul's voice. So, um... <laughs> You know, uh, rest in peace, Bill Russell. Yeah. His out-of-bounds out of plays are right. just, you know, miles above what everybody else is doing. It's true. There yeah. are quite a, few, uh, quite a few pivotal possessions late in games where they would do something funky like pin down screens with Marcus Smart to get, uh, to get um, Al Horford posted up on some point guard down low yeah. Yeah, against the, against, uh, the Sixers. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. a beautiful play. Um, He's won a lot of games just by his coaching. Like, where mm -hmm. he, like, I would say the talent that he had was not nearly as good as some of the talent that he played, and he somehow would beat teams consistently. They, I always felt they punched, a majority of his, of his teams had punched above the weight until Kyrie happened. And that's when I felt like they started to kind of go back to the norm. And it says a lot about oh. the people that he, you know, had coached, well, but... Now um, we're jumping ahead. We jumped ahead a little bit, but we'll we're, go back to we're gonna oh, go back to twenty fourteen. Oh, don't you worry. Yeah. We're gonna get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in twenty fourteen, the Celtics um, traded Ray Rondo for uh, I don't know if it was for Isaiah Thomas, but they had made a bunch of trades, and Rondo was where did he go exactly? Mavericks. He went to the Mavericks of all places. That's right. He went to play with. Um, Rick Carlisle is that? What yeah, Rick Carlisle was his yeah. coach, and they yeah. did not get along. Yeah, it was like a, such a bad. Anyway, I, I think I think they were kind of similar personalities, yeah. and it just didn't work. Yeah. Anyway, so they traded Rondo away, and they ended up trading for Isaiah Thomas, who they thought would just be kind of a piece that would fill in, and he would score points, and things would be fine. But they ended up realizing that he was kind of like a much better leader, and and. Um, and player for Brad Stevens' system that they realized, and they ended up making the playoffs that year. They ended up getting in as, like, I think it was a seven seed, or it may have been an eight seed. They played the Cavs. It got swept, essentially. They they kept it tight most games, but they weren't... It was never really close enough where they were ever going to win a game or steal a game from, from the Cavs. And this is when LeBron James had come back, um, I think. That was his first year back with Kevin yep. Love and Kyrie. And so they... Um, so they lost to them in the first round of the playoffs, and they were looking forward to future years that were coming up. So uh, yeah, and so that's when we'll get into we start to really think about 2015, 2016, and what what the next step is for a lot of the Celtics that were coming in. So we'll uh, we'll tell you what happens first. They lose in the first round to King LeBron's Cavs 
again. It's going to be a recurring theme, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do draft someone who becomes a bit of a fan favorite in Boston. Um, Scary Terry Rozier. Oh, uh, that's right, yeah. We uh, we loved him. Um, he, he was just fun. It was fun watching a guy who probably wasn't quite as good as he thought he was while still being a really good player yeah. who just kind of went 180 miles an hour. If yeah. everyone else is sports cars, he was a Hayabusa motorcycle. <laughs> That's a good description of him. You know, it's, you know, honestly, I think it's one of the biggest mistakes that um, the Celtics have made in, during this time was Terry Rozier and letting him go. Should have um, just kept him. Should have kept him because, and in, in the end, Kemba Walker was already on the way down, yep. and Terry Rozier was actually probably the score that they needed to win, win a title, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't yeah. want to say it too loudly because I feel it's gonna. Anyway, he he certainly wouldn't have hurt. Yeah, um, but the rep, but so again, we're jumping ahead, and uh, it cannot be understated. Uh, Kyrie's gonna come up a lot. Um, I think the re- I think the relationship was uh, damaged by that whole Terry definitely sacrificed yeah. a little bit in a contract year for the team and never quite got the there there was a lot of like is Terry Rozier a malcontent and it was like no maybe Terry just kind of realizes some people aren't going to be here anymore right, and right. he kind of and he thinks he might be one of them and wants to get paid by somebody yeah um so it, you know, was a little tough. Those teams were tough. Oh, don't you worry. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 2015, 2016, I don't, besides Terry that they, they kind of build like a very interesting team. I think they had Evan Turner. Yep. And Jonas Jarebko. They had Kelly Olenek. They had like a bunch of guys who are like solid players, but not great. Like they weren't superstars, you know? And so they ended up getting somehow to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I believe this is the uh, the king in the fourth. Is that the king in the fourth? No, no, no. This was the year. Um, I think that they lose in five games. I think to um, to them after. I think it was like the year that uh, what's his name? Um, is this the year that um, Isaiah like kind of goes off and then hurts yeah. his hip? Is that twenty fifteen sixteen? Yeah, something? that's that's the king in the fourth. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, oh where, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. where he's got like uh, at the time it might have changed since then it was like the third uh, most efficient um, season in like the history of the NBA. Yeah. To say that he had turned into a supernova on offense is probably honestly underselling him. Yeah. He was five eight and he was scoring thirty points a game. Yeah. Like he was just he was unstoppable and he would wait until the fourth quarter and be like cool guess i'll go try and win now yeah like and not not exactly like that but it, it felt like that sometimes he's like all right cool i guess i'm just gonna put on my superhero cape yeah um and that was a fun team there were a lot of really good players this is um so this year and the next year are really the years where like at the time i was like hey there's like eight guys on these teams that are contributors to championship teams yeah just not this one <laughs> yeah yeah there there are a lot of players who are like really good but they had a lot of guys who were like, you know, uh, just under like kind of our all-star level. 
They're like really, really solid players, and if you were on a championship team, they'd be like a sixth or seventh guy. And they'd have a lot of the, they probably had like six or seven of those guys that were really playing for them during those those um, years. To actually uh, spell out that point, Jonas Urekbo mm-hmm. is an NBA champion, yes, or at least has made it to the finals. Yes. I do not remember if he won with the Golden State Warriors. I think he did. I think I, he. I think he might have as well. He at least was there. Um, <laughs> Kelly Olynyk made it to the finals with the Heat. Yes, that's right, a couple of years ago. Jay the, Crowder made also, it to the finals with, with the Phoenix. Stuns. Yeah, so these teams weren't devoid of talent. They just had a lot of fourth or fifth guys when they really needed a second or third guy. Yeah, and Brad Stevens did a lot with... that's And, th- and this is what I mean like with Brad Stevens being like bringing that team to places that maybe they probably shouldn't have been to. They you played know, hard. They played hard. They played really good defense. They didn't play great defense. played really good defense. Mm-hmm. And they scored a lot of points on movement and, you know, mm-hmm. the style of play to, to kind of create chances for players because, you know, they, they didn't have a lot. Isaiah Thomas was the one guy who could break things down consistently. Everyone else, not I mean, Evan Turner could do it a little bit, but he wasn't consistent enough doing that. Evan know? Turner was just sort of, like, in, in the history of the NBA, there's always these guys that are just, they're like prototypes, and you know they're kind of proof of concept while not being totally there yet. Right. Evan Turner is that, like, point forward who just wasn't quite good enough to be like a 24 a point 24 points per game score. He like you could look at him and you could be like, "Okay, I can see how an NBA MVP looks a lot like that guy and how he plays. He just didn't quite have all of it." Um so they they do pretty well. They they exceed expectations. By a lot. They exceeded expectations by a lot. In a lot of ways, they should not have beat the Washington Wizards. The Wizards were a better team. Yes, they were. And yes, they, uh, were. they just, you know, were the Washington Wizards. So nothing good can happen for them. Um, in 2016-2017, they draft Jalen Brown. Hmm. And it's a reach. At the time... It was, con- it was controversial. And, well, this was a draft that had um, Ben Simmons at number one. And that yep. he was, like, the consensus number one. Yeah, he'd been consensus at number one for, like, two, three years at Yeah, that like, point. they like knew he, that he yeah. was going to be the guy. They knew, yeah, because he was a six-foot-nine point guard, essentially. Yeah, six-ten yeah. point guard coming out of Australia faster than everybody else. The only knock on Ben Simmons at the time, and I remember this, is that people weren't quite sure that he really loved playing basketball weird no number two pick foreshadowing (laughs) (laughs) number two pick he he quit on his lsu team um was brendan ingram brandon ingram sorry brandon um and he was a good pick he has become an all-star in the in the nba yeah Yeah. what he's in uh new orleans now right yeah yeah yeah. yeah. he's He's been a really solid player did he play for the lakers too yeah he that's where he He got got drafted drafted to the the lakers Lakers, um and he was pretty good there and he was that guy that everybody used to compare to uh, to Jalen Brown, uh, not Jalen, um, Jason Tatum. Yeah. And it was always kind of like, eh, but maybe not. But the thing with Brandon Ingram too is that I felt like he was like praised to be the savior, so the savior of the Lakers, and they had so many other problems going on that, like to me, it was really I felt like it was a really unfair, uh, you know, 
put on him. Right. They were putting way too much on what was essentially like an A-level scorer. Like, yeah, he's yeah. going to score 24, but he's not a transformative superstar. No. Like, and he just, he, especially for like the Lakers, that's a lot to put on a kid. Yeah. Um, he's not, he wasn't going to win titles for them. Like, he needed other people to help him to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, anyway, yeah, so. And, yeah, Jalen Brown. Like, he was a guy that, you know, like, there was talk about him possibly being in the top five, but it wasn't totally sure. They weren't sure what kind of player he was going to be, like, what he was going to portray as. They didn't think he was, like, he was just going to be, like, a solid defender, like a really solid defender and be kind of a good scorer. Um, well, so yeah. he got hit with that um, with that hyper-athlete thing that people yeah. do where they're like, oh, he's, you know, uh, phenomenal defender. He's going to get to the rim. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. The only interesting thing about Jalen Brown was that he was getting docked points on like draft boards, getting knocked down draft boards because people were worried he was too smart. He wasn't going to fit in with NBA locker rooms. Right. And maybe his aspirations were going to be higher than just basketball. And uh, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. What are we talking about here? Right, like, yeah. what are we... Oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, he's yeah, too he's, smart. <laughs> like, he yeah. likes to play chess from time to time and read books. Like, you gotta be kidding me, right? Right. Like, he's, he's, you know, he's gonna just get drafted by the Celtics and guest speak at MIT and take some classes and stuff. Like, he's just... He's he's going to be an incredibly important person. I think uh, Paul and I have both said this to each other. Um, Jalen Brown's second career is almost undoubtedly going to be more important than his NBA career. Yeah, and the thing is, he, he's probably going to win a title or two. So yeah. it, it may, it, let's hope it's with the Celtics, but it may be somewhere else. And I do think he will win a title because he's he's that kind of piece that he will go somewhere, and he may not necessarily be the superstar, like the guy that leads them to the title, but he's definitely going to be an important part. Right. Like, he almost led the Celtics to the title this past season. Right. And they were I, there. Game yeah, six. they were there. And, like... He was a man who, who um, like, helped lead the fight for Black Lives Matter when the protest started in 2020. Um, like, he was, like, a big proponent. Like, he went out and he went back home to his hometown of Atlanta and, and went and protested, which, to me, was such a big deal. He had helped lead the lines and was, like, you know, someone who knew, like, the importance of his... Um, platform of his soapbox of like you know making it aware to other people of like how important these things are i Um, am certain that uh to go back to what we talked about in a earlier in this podcast um he stands on the shoulder of a giant before him for being an incredibly important social leader playing for the boston celtics and uh i think that is not i I think that's not not an important thing to remember. Right. Like it's the I agree. Like it's it's a lineage that he's carrying there and I think he's very very cognizant of it. Um the other thing they do in this off season is sign Al Horford who I think is an incredibly important part of this story. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, at this time, he's coming from Atlanta, where he's been a four or a five. He's been, uh, through his entire career, going back to Florida, just kind of an important leader and probably the best guy on the floor 
in really quiet ways. Like really good. Like he's he's like a good rebounder. He's a decent scorer. He can shoot outside. Like he can do. He defends pretty well for the mm-hmm. most part. Like he did a lot. And he was a he was an all star. Like yep. multiple all star in Atlanta. Like he yep. helped lead some Atlanta teams set to deep playoff runs. When you know I would say they weren't all that great to 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 be. You know, like, they didn't have, like, super great players on a consistent In a lot of ways, they're like this Celtics team where it's, there's a lot of fourth or fifth guys and oh, from, a yes, couple, yes, couple yes. number twos. Right. Um, and they, what was I say there? <laughs> um, da, 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 da. You should see what I'm working off of here. Yeah, it's not, it's not great. Um, <laughs> so bonus, lose to LeBron. Uh, again, they lose to LeBron again. Yes. Um, oh yeah, that's a list of other guys taken in that draft yeah. after Jalen Brown, Pascal Siakam, Jamal Murray, uh, Demontis Sabonis. Yes, all uh, all very solid players in that yep. draft that were, you know, yeah, um, that had become really good players and important uh, parts to championships. Siakam has won a championship with Toronto. Um, so bonus has been really productive in Indiana and Portland, right? Did he go to Portland? No, he went to Sacramento. Sacramento, excuse me. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very good, important players. That um, That's just proof that if you ship an all-star to Sacramento, do they even really matter anymore? I know. I thought he was in Portland like his dad. <laughs> right? His dad, his dad. Yeah, his dad played yeah. for Portland. Like, late, late in his yeah. career. And yeah. he was still excellent. Like, he almost, yeah. he almost helped win Portland a title he, back in the he day. He couldn't. Right? walk anymore really yeah like he lumbered everywhere and he'd just like throw passes over everybody's heads and just get assists yeah and he used to have scored like 15 points yeah, a game like he, was... he did his he he, he <laughs> had his little like hakeem moves he could still right. like do like work <laughs> in the paint yeah he's so he's probably the greatest well european center. european what if yeah like the only guy who couldn't get over here that like if he had a played in his prime like my man's in the basketball hall of fame for sure i mean he yeah. should still be in the basketball hall of fame he, he might, might be, be actually is, yeah, for yeah. international um, um so in 2017 the boston celtics did the, the celtics lose in that playoffs that year 2016 17 what was that um, they they lost to lebron they lost to lebron like yeah. what what um um I so I believe that's in the second oh, round. Yeah, I think it was a second round too. Yep. And that was um they that was was that the year that they beat the um Yes. The Warriors twenty sixteen seventeen. That was like the 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 uh, what's it called? Yeah, that's uh the finest fourteen seconds that Kevin Love has ever played. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. And that was like LeBron's moment, the block, yeah. right? Yeah, where he jump like basically jumps over Iguodala to block the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um so they draft Jason Tatum in 2017. And that's the guy. So if people forget, I'm actually going to go back to this to tie into something we talked about earlier. You remember those picks that the Nets traded for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce? Well, that got you Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yes. And, and Jason Tatum. And this is something that Danny Ainge did a lot. He looked at the draft, and Markel Fultz was uh, supposed to go number one. And Lonzo Ball had a ton of hype. Some of it because of his dad. Uh, the rest of it because he was a phenomenal defender and playmaker. And you can do stuff with those guys. Oh, yeah. Like, if all you do is play defense and are, like, an A-plus playmaker, like, that guy's useful. 
that's a chance. Like that's a kind of guy who wins a championship, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did develop a jump shot, and a lot of a lot of guys said that he probably would. He would at least be okay, and that's yeah, all he ever average, had to be. Yeah, average, yeah, average shooter, which is like especially if you say he's a Jason Kidd, you know, yeah. like an all right shooter, but great playmaker, great defender. Um, if he has half the career Jason Kidd did, he'll be very happy with it. Like that's. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, he's. I'm not, I'm not saying he is Jason Kidd, let's just, right. but he's a facsimile of Jason Kidd because Jason right. Kidd. It was a freak. It just an entirely. They actually had to change. So, uh, youngins, you don't know this. They had to change the um, uh, charge rules because Jason Kidd was so good at sprinting to a spot, stopping dead before anybody else could, and just drawing that charge. That's they right. actually like Created halfway circles, through his right? career. Yeah, 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 they were like, yeah, uh, you can't do that anymore you have to have been planted like you can't plant and then just get run over like you had to have been there right um so it's <laughs> that was jason kidd he just he was an absolute like like gamer he he tried real hard and like you, you know if you're if you can't shoot and stuff maybe he did develop a three-point shot towards the end of his career yeah. he was like a pretty solid three-point shooter uh, and Won a title with uh, Dallas in a lot of ways because he could shoot the three. Oh, at right that at the point. very end of his yep. career, right? Like yep. he kind of went back to his to his drafted team because yep. he didn't really start get going until he got to the Suns. I remember, like he was yep. like and really good for the Suns, and then they chose Nash over Kid, and they, then yeah, Na- a kid went to New Jersey, which right. ended up being like a, they were excellent for New- he was excellent for New Jersey. They pretty much yeah. almost they, won a title. Yeah, they were they were right there. Yeah, yeah. and they just ran into. Kobe and <laughs> Kobe Shaq. and Shaq. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Danny Ainge to go back. Danny Ainge was locked in. He knew the guy he wanted. Mm-hmm. He's he's gone on record. Everybody involved with the Celtics organization will tell you they don't get a trade. Um, they're taking Jason Tatum number one overall, but but they do get a trade, <laughs> and they convince. Uh, Philadelphia that they're going to take Markel Fultz and Philly wants Fultz. I'm not sure why they have Ben Simmons on the roster. Maybe they kind of knew the whole time that maybe Simmons isn't a one. Maybe he's kind of a a four <laughs> with with just phenomenal playmaking. Uh, well, they think he's a one that is yeah he's just a great playmaker and that and that yep. Fultz would be the scorer that will complement him the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, they take Fultz first overall, Philly, uh, and that that didn't go well for him. Um, there's no one's ever really given a great. They think there's a lot of like training incidents, like his shoulders right. got all Shoulder messed got up, screwed his up. shot got all messed up because of his shoulders were all messed up, and, and he got he kind of got the yips, which, yeah, got the yips, which happens, yeah, um, and. It, it was a bad him? scene for him. He's actually the starting point guard for the um, Orlando Magic, and they're they're okay. He's he's turned his career around to be like an okay player, like a decent yeah. Yeah, like he's a he's a starting caliber point guard, not like for like a top ten team, but kind of for like one of those middle of the road, teams. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 just fine. He's gonna have a ten year, twelve year NBA career. He'll be all right. He, you think he'll be a guy that could be like a six man for a really good team? Like he'll be able to like run yes. the show like for yeah yeah. If mm-hmm. he if he was like your backup point guard, he's overqualified. 
kind of a guy. I got you. But, like, he yeah. might, like, 32, find his way onto a team, and everybody's going to be like, yo, Fultz is pretty good. They forgot about that. And they're like, oh, yeah, he was drafted number one. Right. Wait, like, he was yeah, supposed yeah. to be good. Right. That was a really sad thing that happened to him, in my opinion, because I think, I think trainers ruined his shot and his, yeah. like, a lot of his skill, because he was, like, a freaky smooth, like, when he yeah. was drafted, he was a freaky smooth athlete, and everyone thought, like, oh, he's going to be, like, a 25-point like eight or nine assists and like five rebounds sort of yeah. guy consistently like and, and it just didn't quite happen yeah. for him um the other thing that they do in that offseason is trade a hurt isaiah thomas for kyrie irving oh yeah which and you don't want to hear it from two guys who are boston celtics fans um every gm in the nba would do yep and yep. I'm not necessarily, depending on your team, like when uh, when Toronto sold its soul to win a championship. Oh, with, where they um, traded Demar Derozan for um for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, like they never won, you know. So it's worth it. You yeah. got to get there. Yeah, you can't ever take away the fact that they are NBA champions. You know, um, I, the Celtics don't have to do that. They got 18. They can. You can just ride with your guys. You know, that's um, that is a direct response to rumors that are happening around this time frame. Google it. Um, <laughs> right. But okay. and they also signed G- Gordon Hayward, who is absolutely the best free agent that the Boston Celtics have ever gotten. He breaks his leg seven minutes into the NBA season. That season, yeah. It becomes rapidly apparent that the Boston Celtics are cursed. (laughs) That trading Isaiah Thomas gave you immediate bad karma. They, it is, it's bad. It's, it is bad. It for, so all the bad juju in that building, like Kyrie Irving comes back to town and he burns sage to like get rid of the bad spirits. And listen, it's a little performative, in my opinion. Again, yeah. you don't care about the feelings of some dude from from Massachusetts, but but man, I get it. I <laughs> I watched that. I I can understand how you'd be like, "Hey, this place is cursed." <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's really funny. Yeah. I mean, it's just. The thing is, is his ankle fully dislocated, right? That's kind of what happened. Like, his whole, like, the whole I, thing. He, he, I think, believe, turned his leg around. Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't... I, it, so, we're going to go... We don't... This is important to the story because two things happen. Three things happen. One, there are images. Gordon Hayward doesn't scream. No. For, like... 30 seconds. Yeah, because he's just in shock. Right, and then he sees his leg is backwards and <laughs> loses it. Yeah. Jalen Brown, there's a there's a video of Jalen Brown just walking away with, like, just, like, shock on his face. His mouth is just hanging open. Yeah. The Celtics are shook. It is immediately... He looks pale, too. Like, he looks right. like he's he going to look... be sick. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, it is immediately, immediately clear... The Boston Celtics will not win this basketball game. <laughs> like, it, it's over. They've already lost. Nobody wants to play. The Cavaliers don't want to play anymore. It was traumatic. So two things happen. There's obviously an injury timeout. And the Celtics go to the bench. And Semi Ojale, 
who is a role player at the time, mm-hmm. uh, is an ordained minister. He went to SMU. Yes, he did. He looks at his teammates and he says, do you guys want me to say a prayer? And they just all kind of look at him and are like, absolutely. (laughs) Anything, please. please." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they do that. And then Brad Stevens subs Marcus Smart into the game. And for what feels like an eternity, but I believe is like, I don't know, five minutes, the rest of the first quarter, essentially. Marcus Smart is the only player on the Celtics who shoots. Mm -hmm. And they're not like he looks for a shot. They're like he comes down court and just jacks up the first shot he's got. Yeah. And to me, this it's always stood out to me. Marcus Smart showed a kind of leadership there because he knew the game was already over. Like, it was, it was clear nobody wanted to play. And Smart was like, well, we got it, though, you know? So, like, you guys can do whatever you got to do, mm-hmm. and I'll just kind of play some basketball, you know? Like, I'm just going to go out here. I'm going to shoot some shots. I'm just going to dribble around. I'll play some defense. And that, like, I, I remember watching the block. I remember, like, the five minutes where we all, like, I was in a room with my brother and two of our friends, and they were both lebron fans and we were like my brother's a raptors fan i'm a i'm a celtics fan and the room was silent mm. for like five minutes mm. ten minutes like we just did not say a word everyone kind of understood like how bad the moment everyone was having um i just remember like i like i didn't see it right away like I, I didn't, I wasn't. I think I was working, so I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a chance to watch the game right away. But I just remember hearing like, "Oh, Gordon Hayward," and I was like, "Well, what happened? Like, oh, did he score a lot of points? Like, what was it?" And then like they're like, "Oh no," and you're like, "What do you no. mean, oh no?" And then you're like, "No," and I was <laughs> right. like, "Okay, might not do that." Dude shattered his leg, and I was like, "You've right. got to be kidding me!" Like that was a guy like. He with the way that they built that team, the plan was that they were going to win the title that year. Yeah, they were going for the title because they had all team. the pieces. They had an excellent team. I mean, you think about it, Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Al Al Horford, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Mark Smart. Smart. They had Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier was still there. They had all the pieces in place to be an like the best team in the NBA, and they just never they never had that opportunity. They also had Greg Monroe and Marcus Morris, if anyone cares. I mean, Morris comes up again next year. Yeah. Um and is immediately Yeah. gone after, after that, that year. Yeah. But um, Marcus, I mean um Greg Monroe actually played a really important role when they were in the playoffs. Like he was actually, you know, like did some like he actually was like a solid. They're like, "Hey, uh you got 12 minutes and 20 points in you." And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, they can't stop me." So, yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> or do you have fit like 10 or 12 rebounds in you? And he's right. like, "Yeah, sure. Yeah. I can do. Uh, yeah, I'll rebound the yeah. ball. Yeah, whatever you need me to do." Yeah, they were just like it was this fun gamble Brad Stevens would do whenever you put him out there. He's like, "I need you collectively to score like four more points yeah. than the other yeah, team yeah, yeah, when yeah, Monroe's yeah. on the floor. Like he can get you like 15 points and 12 rebounds. Just don't get demolished on defense. Like, just fight a little, guys. Make them take jump shots. Yeah, yeah. They get to the rim, it's over. Um, So this year is actually um, interesting. They get to the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. They have Greg Monroe. He's doing his thing. Kyrie Irving's hurt. Gordon Hayward's hurt. 
So you're playing That's right. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, yeah. Marcus Smart, and Terry Rozier. And and they make it to the to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's yeah, that was his rookie year, right? Jason Tatum's rookie year. They somehow get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're all, a, a pretty much a um, a mash unit at that by that point. Right, of the, right. Playoffs, yeah. the hospital Celtics. Yeah, and and they they take LeBron James to Game Seven. Yes, they did. That was the, that was the game. That was like Tatum had a moment because he dunked on LeBron in Game yep. Seven, right? Is that yep. what that he, happened? Yeah, he he dunked on LeBron, and there is a moment in the fourth quarter. Where you can kind of see everyone on the Cavs looking at each other like, we can't stop this kid. Like, we just got to hope that he doesn't have it in him to beat us tonight. Mm -hmm. And 19-year-olds don't do that. Yeah. Not really. And there's this weird thing that's starting to happen because nobody's really, really noticing. They can't guard him. Mm-hmm. At 19 in his rookie year. But this is where we're going to talk about Smart again. He takes like four threes in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he kind of took a little. He was he kind of kind of took over in a, he, not in the best way. Marcus ever, Smart was like, guys, this is our moment. I got this. And, and he didn't have it. He didn't cause, have it, yeah. Because that's not what fate had in store for Marcus Smart. He yeah. wasn't going to be that guy. Right. He was going to be a different guy. Yeah. And honestly, that that was the year that was, uh, I mean, it didn't really matter if they had won that game or not. They would have gone to the finals and then lost to the Warriors. Oh, the Warriors yeah. The team was a wagon. That was with uh, Kevin Durant. They yeah. would have, I mean, they might have actually put up a more of a fight than the Cavs did in that playoffs because they got swept by the Warriors that yeah. year, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. They yeah. they might have, but I, I think... I think, in many ways, the veteran status of the uh, Golden State Warriors will uh, will win out there. You know, we we just saw that. Yeah, with a better did. Celtics team. Yeah, yeah. So going into 2018-2019, they oh they dropped the Time Lord Robert Williams. The Time third. Lord. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people know the nickname Time Lord at this point. Uh, something that the Celtics did not love to start his career. Because um, he always showed up late and no, yeah, it was only once. It was he, only once, but he had a he had a uh, he already had a previous uh, right, yeah. history of not showing up on time. And think yeah. he, I think he'd done it in college, yeah. But he so he misses his plane. He oversleeps. He gets drafted and then oversleeps the next morning, which pretty relatable for like a twenty year old kid. <laughs> like that just that seems like the kind of thing that happens. Um, and he misses his flight, and so like the Celtics are kind of like we're not really that worried about it. We'll just yeah, get him. Yeah, one tomorrow like the media kind of latches onto it and then celtics fans weird celtics twitter it's a thing um there's a guy who paints renaissance paintings of like celtics players have you seen this look up painted celtics on twitter it's it's actually really really good it's just that seems so weird uh so there's one of marcus smart riding a horse uh decked in green in green armor Right? No, like he's a green knight, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like 36 on him, fighting off a bunch of guys. Like, but like, it looks like it was painted in the 1800s. It's phenomenal. Um, They have one of Al Horford that's Uh painted to look like a general. Of course. Yeah, why? (laughs) Yeah. The general. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, super good. Um, like to say that they're, they're high quality is probably doing them a disservice. They're, they're phenomenal. He does a great job. I love it. Uh, (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So 
what else happens? Uh, they lose to the Bucks in five. Oh, yes. What else happens? This is the most miserable team I have ever followed in any sport ever. Mm. I hated this team. This team almost single-handedly made me stop watching basketball. They had Kyrie Irving, Marcus Morris... Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and dysfunction. They had Gordon Hayward. They did not play very well together, yeah. Nope. Uh, the only way it worked was Gordon Hayward, because he was the only one that moved the ball consistently for that team, right? So, yeah, it's actually the big stat from here that I love to bring up is um the only two guys who assisted on Jalen Brown buckets on this team were Marcus Smart and Gordon Hayward. That was it. That, yeah, that's a true fact. You can look that up. They are the only guys who actually assisted any Jalen Brown buckets the entire year. That's like, crazy. Yeah. That's, like, that's a crazy stat. Yep. Uh, to say that Jalen Brown did not get along with Kyrie Irving, and like I think he's actually friends with Kyrie, but like on, on the basketball court, they did not get along, and he definitely didn't get along with Marcus Morris. Oh, that's a, like a legitimate thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, they had like they had an altercation on the court. That's they were like right. screaming at each that's other. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Like it was pretty clear that this team did not love each other all that terribly much. And they get to the Bucks, and uh, this series is somewhat infamous. Kyrie Irving is shooting terribly. He actually has done that for like his last like four playoff series he's been bad since that one series against he had like State. he had like one good game against the celtics like yeah. that first game again in this past playoffs yeah. was like the only like where he like went lights out mm -hmm. and then that was it and they yeah, still that, lost that game yeah. yeah and then he shot like 20 percent for the rest of the series yeah. or something like yeah. yeah it was pretty bad um but the the only other thing i'll say about that like he tried to man he tried to man mark straight up guard Giannis and he's like 6'2 and Giannis is like 6'11 and an unstoppable juggernaut like faster bigger straight stronger down. yeah yeah uh but they asked um Kevin Lowe sorry that's a baseball player Z Zach Lowe um asked Marcus Smart right in an interview when did you know Kyrie Irving was leaving and Smart kind of laughed, and he said, uh, probably after game one <laughs> against the Bucks." And uh, we're just going to leave the Kyrie Irving era um, at that. A lot of people will say we're jealous that Kyrie left. We wish he still played there. We, we do not. would have loved to have driven him to the airport. Well, it's really sad because they built up. There's this whole buildup of Kyrie coming to Boston and like like all the things with his dad and all mm -hmm. of that. Like there's this whole like movement to like connect him to the city and all this, these things. And unfortunately, Kyrie kind of like the whole relationship started to fall to tatters. And I just wonder too how the relationship with um, Brad Stevens was like if if Brad Stevens had a hard time writing him in like. You know, like kind of more than just in uh, in like huddles, like like you know, like in practices and at you know, you know. What does the word government mean to you? <laughs> Actual thing, Kyrie Irving asked Brad Stevens. I'm sure there's a point to it. I'll be damned if I know what it is. I mean, if he's talking about sovereignty, and then we got another thing. <laughs> we got we got this whole philosophical debate that we need to talk about. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I just, it was just kind of a sad thing. I, I actually think it's more tragic than it is like, um, where I was upset about what had happened. Cause I felt like a way, like, you know, like 
Kyrie wanted to be part of the city. Like, he wanted to engage in the city, like, with his heart. And the thing is, is, like, his actions were very different than the, you know, the messages that were being put out by, you know, the Celtics and by him, like, with social media and commercial things. And it just was disappointing to me. It was just a very disappointing time for to be a Celtics fan. It, yeah, it, it was not fun. Um... I'll n- never quite understand how we got there, um, but, you know, we don't have to because uh, all that ends. They let go of Marcus Morris. They let go of Kyrie Irving. It was pretty uh, apparent that they understood what had happened, um, so they decide to go get a character guy, and they sign Kemba Walker. That's right. Um, they also draft Grant Williams in the 2019 offseason, and... Um, is this the year they get rid of um, Al Horford too, or is that Al, Horf- Al Horford signs just an incredibly good deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, like it's it's one of the only times, and I mean, not to toot our own horns, Boston sports fans, a lot of them are pretty knowledgeable. They would, yeah, 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 yeah. So like, there was a lot of like Al Horford had done pretty well by us, and uh, it seemed like it was a pretty miserable season. And the Sixers offered him a lot of money and a chance to compete for a title. And we're like, good for you, man. Like, we're going to miss you a whole bunch, but, like, good for you. Yeah. Um, and that was just kind of the overwhelming consensus, uh, except for his sister, who, you know, um, hated the fact that they were leaving Boston. Yeah, because his sister really loved Boston. Her, yeah. uh, yes, she loves Boston a lot. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. She, she's almost ringleader of weird Celtics Twitter. Yeah. And yeah. We'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. Um, so, <laughs> so, so Al Hofford leaves, Terry Rozier leaves as well. He Terry, goes to Char- yep. uh, Charlotte for like, it's a sign plus. and trade for, with Kemba Walker. Right, right, right. Cause Terry Rozier got like a bag as well. He yeah, got, he got like, like 20 24 plus, million yeah, or something yeah, like that. It's pretty good for a guy that was a sixth or seventh guy. For, yep. He did show that he was becoming a more consistent scorer so that, and a player like defender that he was going to be trusted to help lead. Uh, you know, like a all right, Charlotte uh, team. A lot of people said it was an overpay. If you kind of looked into it, it even at the time it wasn't. It was a pretty like it was maybe a little bit more. But you're Charlotte. You're not getting like you have to pay a little bit of a premium. And um, it was like it, it wasn't a bad deal. And it's actually been a good deal since he's become kind of a good player. Um, when he got the opportunity, the mm. numbers at the time were really in favor of like when he started, yeah. he was like significantly better than coming off the bench. Yeah. It was like weird because most of the time, like you can beat up on second units. Nah, Terry was like, nah, none of these guys can guard me anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he just, yeah. it was weird. Um, but that season, unfortunately, uh, comes with a pretty big problem. You remember what happened in 2019, 2020? Uh, no. No, no, tell me. Oh, oh, you do. COVID. Oh, yeah, that's right. COVID. COVID happened. I forgot the pandemic still existed. No, I'm just kidding. It, I mean, it still <laughs> is going on. It's ridiculous. I, it sucks. You um, know, uh, I really wish we could have some sort of normalcy, but unfortunately. But alas and alack. And alas and alack, yeah. We're, we we're still here. Um, uh, so things that happen in this season, there's a big gap. They go to the bubble. Um, the Celtics make it to another Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, they do. They do. Um, they lose to the Heat in six. Yep, in six, yep. And the Heat kind of, in a lot of ways, sort like, 
there's this thing that happens where they basically push us around, mm -hmm. you know, treat us like a little brother. Some people might say, uh, make us their bitch a little bit. Mm, I think they, they, yeah, they, they played, they play a very distinct physical style of basketball that you've got to be prepared for if you're going right. to play them. Yeah. It's, um, they, and I, whoa, I'll do an entire video on this because like I am in favor of, um, pushing the line in sports, like of, of maybe playing a little bit negatively. But I also think that there needs to be like, it, it's a risk reward thing. Like yeah. it doesn't, like it, it's not worth it if you're not getting in trouble for it, you know? So what the Heat do is overwhelm the referees by just fouling everyone all the time. Like that's the, the game plan. Yeah. We're going to hit everybody all the time and you will not follow, foul us out within the first 10 minutes. Right. So we're going to get away with it. Um, and like... Listen, I uh, I respect it. Um, I hate it a little bit, uh, but like, you know, everybody's gonna play their own way. It's it's more fun when you have you know, villains and all that. In different styles, I think they're all very important to the game. Even though you may not like it all that much, like there are your Burnleys, and yes, I'm yeah. bringing some soccer up into it. But it's a, it's kind of a thing that that occurs. Even though Burnley is not Burnley anymore, I don't know if you saw the. No, they play kind of like free flowing. Like, yeah, they. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what you get Vincent Company to be your coach. We're obviously, <laughs> it, uh, you know, going on a tangent here. But anyway, um, yeah, that was a team. That was the year uh, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, they. It was kind of a surprise, and a little bit of a surprise, and they almost. I think part of it is that they didn't have enough move, like they didn't have enough guys who could move the ball consistently enough. Mm -hmm. They had some guys who could score it, but they didn't have. And like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum hadn't really; they still weren't fully actualized yet. They were still kind of figuring things out, you know. Yep. Um, yeah, but that's uh, I believe. If I'm gonna I'm gonna look at my notes real quick here. How many? So that's one, two, two. That's three, yeah. two, two Eastern Conference Finals. It's an NBA final, yeah, yeah. Well, no, two, two yeah. Eastern Conference Finals and soon to be, yeah. Yeah, well, we're, actually, what we're getting to that? Three? I think it's three. So they they get to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2019. They get to the Eastern Conference Finals in. That's right. In but is Tatum on that team? No, he's not on that team. But yeah. they did in the in that that time period with Marcus Smart. They've been to the. They've been to it three times, right? Three times, yeah. yeah. Um, and Tatum has been to two. He yes. Is. 21 years old. He was 20, 22. 22. Maybe 22. He was 22. Because the COVID season is yeah. weird with how, like, the time and stuff. Yeah. He might be 22 at the time. Um, But, yeah, they get smoked by the Heat. Heat go on. Lose to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And four. They got swept, right? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't very good. It might have been five. Might have been five. And but the thing was... is, is, like, if the Celtics had gotten past the Heat, they probably would have been a better match for the Lakers. And they probably, probably. would have taken them to, like, six or seven games. Even yeah. though they, the Lakers probably would have won that series, I think it would have been a better series overall because the Celtics could actually uh, score the ball a little bit better. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, the bubble season, the bubble finals are actually really weird because it's it's pretty clear um, with the sample size we had that uh, all your shooters shot a lot better because there's no crowd. Yeah. So like, if you were a shooter, like you just had like an oversized impact. It's you can you can go look at the numbers. It's like everybody's numbers are up for shooting across the board. Huh. Um. So in 2020, they trade for Evan Fournier. 
Mid-season, they get Jabari Parker. Kemba Walker's hurt. Um, so Kemba Walker was actually hurt the year before. Um, and during COVID, when they had the COVID break, right. they gave him a, and this is kind of like NBA scuttlebutt, but they gave him a rehab assignment and he kind of didn't do it. Didn't do it. Yeah. So like, there's this thing going on where the Celtics are like, hey, are you doing your rehab? And he's like, oh yeah, 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 I'm doing all right. And like, I'm not going to get down on a guy. COVID was sort of a traumatic experience, but yeah. also that's probably where the decline comes from. I mean, he's a professional, and he should be doing the things like he's yeah. been asked from the, the, his bosses to do his job, and he didn't do it. Unfortunately, I know I know it feels like really harsh on him. I mean, and right. I totally understand with COVID, like people not getting things done and things yeah. like you know being depressed and all of that. But I I know, mean, maybe that was happening. I don't know. But if you get to like the level, like if you get to that level of anything. I feel like you have to have a maniacal kind of, like, like drive um, if you want to get to a higher level. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to stand here and preach anything. That's just... I don't know. They signed Tristan Thompson. Um, Tristan Thompson's highlight is Kemba Walker asking Tristan Thompson to hang out with a Kardashian. Oh and then goodness. both of them going to address fitting. Of Kim's. Of course. So, uh... Yep. That was his impact on Boston. Both of them left the year. <laughs> Both of them leave by the end of the year. Um... Something about Jeff Teague. Signed um, with the Bucks. Oh, yeah, they cut him and he signs with the Bucks. And they win a title. And they win a title. Jeff Teague plays in the finals. Um, he's 36-year-old Jeff Teague at yeah. the time. He's yeah. not... I mean, it's not even like... It's not even like he was like good in the finals play for the one Bucks. good game in the finals. right think, it, yeah. and good is being like he scored he scored enough points to help them win a game or i don't know yeah it's not that important just, but right. it's just funny like it's just a funny moment to look at like of course like uh, good for him man yeah he, exactly. he got there yeah uh this team was like racked with covid like every like so many of them got covid it like jason tatum wasn't really right no. until like the end of the season they um, barely made the playoffs so they had like by far by far the most games lost to covid yeah they uh, injury games too i think mm -hmm. there was i think that was the year that I think them they played it was something ridiculous like maybe like four hundred minutes together with like yeah. Tatum Smart, Jalen Brown. They're start they're starting five. They only yep. they they played maybe four hundred minutes together all season, including the playoffs. And unfortunately, like you know, you got to build a little cohesion. It doesn't right. you know. And then the fact that they even made the playoffs is sort of magical in its uh, own sense. They finished five hundred yeah. and they lost to the Nets in five. Yeah, like it was it was kind. It's a lost season. Yeah, they they were hurt. They were sick. It was a weird season altogether, um, and they just weren't terribly good. Uh, and there's a lot of talk happening at the time about, do Jalen and Jason, can they play together? Are we sure that you can play two wings like this? And then 2021-2022 happens. They signed Dennis Schroeder. They they signed Joe Johnson for a couple games during COVID. Uh, that's fun. He got drafted by them a long, long time ago. He actually comes in and scores twenty points in a game at like forty two. Last last year. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 in the COVID game. It's it's just a fun little yeah, yeah. um 
They trade for Derek White midseason. Um, he plays okay for them. I think he started really well, and then he kind of got into a little weirdness. And then he was, I thought he was a really solid contributor in the playoffs because he's not like the people get this misconception about Derek White that he needs to be like this, like, like number three no, or something like that. He's really like a fifth or sixth guy, guy off he, the bench who's going to score some points, he's going to defend really well. He's long and lanky. He's a good like wing defender. Like that's the kind of guy I think he is. You the know? the only thing that kind of like Derek White has a it's a mental thing, right? Like it's like sometimes he, he like gets looks in his own head. He gets a couple in his own times. head about things. Yeah, yeah. yeah Where yeah. it just seemed like the moment was a little too big for him, and that yeah. like I mean it's the NBA Finals. It's going to happen. There's going to be times where you're going to be like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can do this, man. Like, these guys are so good. Like, and I, I think Derek White got a little bit of that a couple times. Um, so the Celtics go on just a hell of a run. They're bad. They are bad for the first half of the year, roughly. Yeah. And then they start beating teams. And it's not even that they, like, start beating teams. They start destroying teams. Yeah. Their defense is so good. Like, the best defense in the history of the NBA good. They are they're beating teams by, like, an average of 18 points. This is every team they're running into. Every team. This is, like, good teams, bad teams, like, great teams. They right. were just killing... Like, even in, like, even the regular season, they, they beat those Warriors pretty good right. in the regular season. Like, it, yeah. I mean, they... <laughs> they hurt Steph Curry, but like, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, it's, it's it just a basketball. Yeah, yeah, it was a basketball. Play. Play. But Marcus Smart, our our man, was involved in it. He was uh, scrapping in and mm -hmm. uh, turned his foot. Uh, accidentally tur uh, turned Marcus uh, uh, Steph, Steph Curry's foot. foot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, uh, like, there was this whole thing about Marcus Smart being dirty and like him Nuts. kind of being borderline. Yeah. And like, the th this is the thing about the love hate of Marcus Smart, where. He's always this guy who... He's always that guy. He's always on yeah. the edge. He's living on the edge. And I would say he's not the dirt. He's not no. a dirty player. I think he just pushes so hard. I think that's part of who he is. He goes to the absolute limit all but, the time. The uh, So the best way to describe Marcus Smart is to compare him, who I have long compared him to, and who is having kind of the same trajectory of career, um, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry will flop and complain when he doesn't get the call. Smart will do his flop thing, and he doesn't get the call, and he just kind of goes, ah, all right. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, okay. Like, that, he's just he's just trying to play the game, you know? Um, and he's trying to play it like in an, yeah, I mean, of course I'm going to take the charge. Like, it's a rule. I'm trying to do it. You're big. You're strong. I can't stop you at the rim. I guess I'll just get hammered because I can do that. Like, the other thing, talking about our boy Marcus Smart, mm -hmm. something happens halfway through the year. This run doesn't come from nowhere. They develop a system, yeah, to play Time Lord uh, as kind of a free safety. They just put him on the only guy who can't shoot, and they let him just crash, crash the rim. It's, I mean, like it's been done before. But it was done really well by these Celtics. Yeah, I mean, Robert Williams can move like take big strides on the court and mm -hmm. like cover so much more space than you realize 
he, like, it, and then it he's, like, like, ten feet above you when he jumps. Like, yeah, and all of a sudden, like, he doesn't seem like a really big guy, and then you, like, realize, like, where where, where did he come from? Like, well, where did he come from? Yeah. He's not a really big guy. He's, he's only 6'7", right? <laughs> yeah, he's probably shorter than Tatum. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like, 6'8". Yeah, yeah, he's not a huge guy, and it's, <laughs> no. it's just amazing that he, the, the ability in which he can move, like, he seems so much bigger than he actually is, and... He plays above the rim. Plays above the rim. He's mm. kind of he's got great lateral quickness. Mm. Like he can get across people and he can mm. defend all five positions, which is sort of freaky for a guy his size. Yeah. He can defend a point guard if he needs to. Yeah. I mean if you if you get Steph Curry on the perimeter, I mean, he gets it's cooked, but yeah, everybody does. But yeah, I mean that's Steph Curry, right. yeah. Um But the other thing, the other big thing is they finally realize something. They've brought in all these point guards over the years. All-stars. They Three all-stars. They try all of them. These guys score 20 points a game. These guys are the leaders of the team. But it's never quite right. Because the guy who should be the guy on the team has been there for a while. He's young. But it's, it's kind of his time now. Jason Tatum is ascending. He's becoming like a top 10 player. Something that Celtics fans have been waiting for for a while. Jalen Brown is a fireball who plays pretty decent defense. Al Horford's back. We love Al. Mm -hmm. He moves the ball, plays good defense. Shoots the three. Shoots the three. He'd been sitting out for like, you know, the last year roughly. Because Oklahoma City put him on ice. Thanks, Presty. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Presty, yeah. Right, <laughs> Boston guy helping him out. Yeah. Um, and they can defend anybody. And that's because they realize that they've had a number one. They've had a point guard on their team this whole time. Marcus Smart is finally, finally, eight years after being drafted as like the second point guard right. in the 2013 draft, he's playing his natural position. And you want to know something? He's good. He's better than good. He's like really good mm -hmm. he can't really beat guys off the dribble although sometimes he does against guys that you don't necessarily think he can who did he cross up in the the finals it was it uh, uh was it it was so I, weird. I think it was like clay i think he like blows yeah. up clay yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like he put him on the floor and i was like how did that happen <laughs> how did you do that like it was such a weird thing i'm like marcus Smart, and he like went it behind the back and he like float i don't know oh yeah like, yeah he had that like beautiful behind the back floater, movie. Right? Like, right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like marcus smart uh, all of a sudden, looks like a real point guard. And yeah, he's not like the fastest guy on the floor, but he's stronger than a lot of the guys trying to stop him, trying to guard him. And he uses that pretty well. <laughs> Did Marcus Smart post-ups over his career are like really good. Oh yeah. They like never run him for like pretty good reason, but they're really good when he isolates a little guy. They actually went to... um. In game six, at the beginning of game six, they went to a Marcus Smart on Steph Curry post-up like five times in a row. And Steph just like is like sitting there like, what do you want me to do? Like he's he's like 30 pounds heavier than me and just throws me around, man. Like, and he's like got like four inches on him too, right? Like Marcus Smart's no. like 6'5", right? No, Marcus Smart's uh, like 6'3", 6'4". Curry is taller than you expect him to be. Curry's 6'3". Oh really? Yeah, he's not like he's not like a six foot guy. He's just like not a big dude, so people forget. He's he's pretty strong for his size, but he's not combat muscles, Marcus no, Smart. No, he's not like 
He's not like running back. Uh, right. Marcus Smart. No. Yeah. Okay. Running back is underselling it. He's like the size and weight of an NFL linebacker. Um. And they kept having to have Dray- Draymond come down to help out on that, and uh, and Smart could pass it out to whoever, and they'd get open threes. It was a good look. They only went to it, like, I don't know, six or seven times. And they probably should have went to it more. They probably should have ran it more. It yeah. was being really successful. It's just also, like, way out of their usual, so it's it's hard, like, balancing that. Mm. But, yeah. yeah, Smart kind of takes his spot. Starting point guard of the Boston Celtics. And and there's probably a lesson here. <laughs> What's the lesson? I don't know. I'm not that smart. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. Go for it. Sometimes, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes you're frustrated. Sometimes you are just watching people screw up in really easily preventable ways. Sometimes the smartest person you know, Brad Stevens, really, really wants a different guy to do the job. Sometimes they're right. I don't think Marcus Smart could have done it. Maybe he could have. We'll never know. Time doesn't work like that. What we do know is that eight years into his career, Marcus Smart was the starting point guard for a finals team. Jason Tatum was the best player on a finals team. He'd gone to three Eastern Conference finals and an NBA finals as the best player. Because, fun fact, when Kyrie Irving was on the team, you could kind of see it. Tatum was probably better. He's better. And that might be part of the problem that Kyrie had with the team. Maybe one of the big problems that the team had was that Jalen Brown and Kyrie, I'm sorry, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart were maybe better than these veterans. That maybe you should have been betting on the kids the whole time. And that's a little beautiful, man. A little beautiful that these guys who for five or six years have been just so goddamn frustrating kind of figured it out together. Yeah, I don't know if they... I, frustrating, I guess, would be a word. I think, you know, like, I think they were... Um, fill, there were a lot of obstacles in their way that weren't necessarily of their own doing. There was a lot of that that kind of happened. I always kind of think of this as, like, you know, you're in a relationship with something, right? So Marcus Smart, you draft Marcus Smart, and at first you're kind of infatuated with it. You're, like, kind of enjoying it, right? And then... And then you kind of go through these, like, little issues, like, the honeymoon period ends, and then you think, like, oh, there's got to be, you know, like, um, you start to kind of go through these power struggles. You think, like, oh, maybe maybe we need to do things this way or do that way. Like, I need to be in control of what's going on. Like, you know, like, I don't think you know what you're doing. And then you kind of go through this other stage, the other stages of, of um, you know, like, you know, like, trying to figure out, like, you know, maybe we should split. I'm not sure if things will kind of work out. Like, and the worst talk about that, most of, like, towards mm-hmm. the end. Like, even, like, in this past season, there was talk about Marcus Smart being traded away. Yeah. Okay, they thought, this isn't going to work out. You know, and then you kind of go through these periods, and then you realize, like, okay, you actually really start to fall in love again. And then 
you realize like, wait, this actually is the best fit for us. This is like, this is the thing that I've wanted my whole life. This is a thing that I, like, that you've been like looking for. I mean, you just didn't want to see it or you like your ego got in the way or something caused this, this, you know, thing to happen. And then you realize, all right, it's time to settle down and commit to it. And I think that's where the Celtics are right now. I think they finally have committed to a plan of having Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Now, there was talk recently of Kevin Durant being traded um, to the Celtics for um, Jalen Brown and um, Derek White. For Derek White and Marcus Smart. And they asked for Marcus Smart as well in the process, and that was a flat-out no from the Celtics. Honestly, I think it's a bunch of hogwash. I don't think there's really much going on there. I think it's just like a lot of talk because I think the Nets want to get rid of Kevin Durant as soon as possible. That's probably what's happening. Um, anyway, but I think they're committed to letting this team play out what they really want to be. And I think they're looking to see if they can win a title together. I think that is the future for them. And it's it's funny I remember texting my brother halfway through game six saying, I just don't want to care about these guys anymore Mm -hmm. because they put me on such a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. You know, they were so good defensively. They, They were so good moving the ball and they just could get so frustrating sometimes with their antics and, and their shooting and I don't know, man. That sounds really familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> rim plays above the rim. He's mm-hmm. kind of he's got great lateral quickness. Mm-hmm. Like he can get across people and he can mm-hmm. defend all five positions, which is sort of freaky for a guy his size. Yeah. He can defend a point guard if he needs to. Yeah, I mean if he if he gets Steph Curry on the perimeter, I mean he gets it's cooked, but yeah, everybody does. But yeah, I mean that's Steph Curry. Right. Yeah. Um, but the other thing. The other big thing is they finally realized something. They've brought in all these point guards over the years. All-stars. They Three all-stars. They try all of them. These guys score 20 points a game. These guys are the leaders of the team. But it's never quite right. Because the guy who should be the guy on the team has been there for a while. He's young. But it's it's kind of his time now. Jason Tatum is ascending. He's becoming like a top 10 player. Something that Celtics fans have been waiting for for a while. Jalen Brown is a fireball who plays pretty decent defense. Al Horford's back. We love Al. Mm-hmm. He moves the ball. Plays good defense. Shoots the three. Shoots the three. He'd been sitting out for like, you know, the last year roughly. Because Oklahoma City put him on ice. Thanks, Presty. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Presty. Yeah. Right, Boston guy helping him out. Yeah. Um, and they can defend anybody, and that's because they realize that they've had a number one. They've had a point guard on their team this whole time. Marcus Smart is finally, finally, eight years after being drafted as like the second point guard right. in the 2013 draft. He's playing his natural position. And you want to know something? He's good. He's better than good. He's, like, really good. Mm -hmm. He can't really beat guys off the dribble, although sometimes he does 
but against guys that you don't necessarily think he can. Who did he cross up in the the finals? Was it? Uh, uh, was it? It was. So I, I weird. think it was like Clay. I think he like blows yeah. up Clay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he put him on the floor, and I was like, how did that happen? <laughs> how did you do that? Like, it was such a weird thing. I'm like, Marcus Smart, and he like went it behind the back, and he like float. I don't know. Oh yeah, like, yeah. He had that like beautiful behind the back like, move. Right? Right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Marcus Smart. Uh, all of a sudden, looks like a real point guard. And yeah, he's not like the fastest guy on the floor. But he's stronger than a lot of the guys trying to stop him, trying to guard him. And he uses that pretty well. <laughs> Did Marcus Smart post-ups over his career are like really good. Oh, yeah. They like never run him for like pretty good reason. But they're really good when he isolates a little guy. They actually went to... um. In Game 6, at the beginning of Game 6, they went to a Marcus Smart on Steph Curry post-up like five times in a row. And Steph just like is like sitting there like, what do you want me to do? Like he's he's like 30 pounds heavier than me and just throws me around, man. Like, and he's like, got like four inches on him too, right? Like Marcus Smart's no. like 6'5", right? No, Marcus Smart's uh, like 6'3", 6'4". Curry is taller than you expect him to be. Curry's 6'3". Oh, really? Yeah, he's not like, he's not like a six-foot guy. He's just like not a big dude, so people forget. He's, he's pretty strong for his size. But he's not combat muscles, Marcus no, Smart. No, he's not like... <laughs> he's not like running back uh, right. Marcus Smart. No. Yeah. Okay, running back is underselling it. He's like the size and weight of an NFL linebacker. Um, and they kept having to have Dray- Draymond come down to help out on that, and uh, and Smart could pass it out to whoever, and they'd get open threes. It was a good look. They only went to it, like, I don't know, six or seven times. And they probably should have went to it more. They probably should have ran it more. It was yeah. being really successful. It's just also, like, way out of their usual, so it's it's hard, like, balancing that. Mm. But yeah, yeah, Smart kind of takes his spot, starting point guard of the Boston Celtics. And and there's probably a lesson here. <laughs> What's the lesson? I don't know. I'm not that smart. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. Go for it. Sometimes, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes you're frustrated. Sometimes you are just watching... People screw up in really easily preventable ways. Sometimes the smartest person you know, Brad Stevens, really, really wants a different guy to do the job. Sometimes they're right. I don't think Marcus Smart could have done it. Maybe he could have. We'll never know. Time doesn't work like that. What we do know is that eight years into his career, Marcus Smart was the starting point guard for a finals team. Jason Tatum was the best player on a finals team. He'd gone to three Eastern Conference finals and an NBA finals as the best player. Because, fun fact, when Kyrie Irving was on the team, you could kind of see it. Tatum was probably better. He's better. And... That might be part of the problem that Kyrie had with the team. Maybe one of the big problems that the team had was that Jalen Brown and Kyrie, I'm sorry, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart were maybe better than these veterans. That maybe you should have been betting on the kids the whole time. And that's a little beautiful, man. A little beautiful that these guys, 
who for five or six years have been just so goddamn frustrating kind of figured it out together. Yeah, I don't know if they... I, frustrating, I guess, would be a word. I think, you know, like, I think they were... Um, fill, there were a lot of obstacles in their way that weren't necessarily of their own doing. There was a lot of that that kind of happened. I always kind of think of this as, like, you know, you're in a relationship with something, right? So Marcus Smart, you draft Marcus Smart, and at first you're kind of infatuated with it. You're, like, kind of enjoying it, right? And then... And then you kind of go through these, like, little issues, like, the honeymoon period ends, and then you think, like, oh, there's got to be, you know, like, um, you start to kind of go through these power struggles. You think, like, oh, maybe maybe we need to do things this way or do that way. Like, I need to be in control of what's going on. Like, you know, like, I don't think you know what you're doing. And then you kind of go through this other stage, the other stages of, of um, you know, like, you know, like, trying to figure out, like, you know, maybe we should split. I'm not sure if things will kind of work out. Like, and there was talk about that. Most of, like, towards mm-hmm. the end. Like, even, like, in this past season, there was talk about Marcus Smart being traded away. Yep. Okay, they thought, this isn't going to work out. You know, and then you kind of go through these periods, and then you realize, like, okay, you actually really start to fall in love again. And then you realize, like, wait, this actually is the best fit for us. This is, like, this is the thing that I've wanted my whole life. This is a thing that, I, like, that you've been, like, looking for. I mean, you just didn't want to see it, or you, like your ego got in the way or something caused this this you know thing to happen and then you realize all right it's time to settle down and commit to it and i think that's where the celtics are right now i think they finally have committed to a plan of having marcus smart and jalen brown and jason tatum now there was talk recently of kevin durant being traded um to the Celtics for um, Jalen Brown and um, Derek White. For Derek White and Marcus Smart. And they asked for Marcus Smart as well in the process, and that was a flat-out no from the Celtics. Honestly, I think it's a bunch of hogwash. I don't think there's really much going on there. I think it's just like a lot of talk because I think the Nets want to get rid of Kevin Durant as soon as possible. That's probably what's happening. Um Anyway, but I think they're committed to letting this team play out what they really want to be. And I think they're looking to see if they can win a title together. I think that is the future for them. And it's it's funny. I remember texting my brother halfway through game six saying, I just don't want to care about these guys anymore. Mm-hmm. Because they put me on such a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You know? They were so good defensively. They they were so good moving the ball. And they just could get so frustrating sometimes with their antics and and their shooting. And I don't know, man. That sounds really familiar, doesn't it? 